historical shame has been leveraged into present day guilt. And since this guilt is so strong, people will do anything, including commit social suicide in order to mitigate it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle here with Alfonso Rachel. And uh, Zoe, today I thought we might cover something that I kind of touched on in uh, this week's Moving Back to America show called Tortured by the Gazpacho. Uh, and that is the levers that are used against good people to, to engineer their behavior towards what leftists want. And I'm struck by, well, first of all, the whole white guilt, the whole slavery thing and so on. And, and then on a larger issue, I want to talk about like almost like race guilt because of the Nazis. But what I really wanted to cover was the difference between guilt and shame. Um, and I don't know if we've covered this before. We may have done a guilt and shame episode before, for all I know, honestly. But if we have, I want to do another one. If you ask me about, if you ask me about the, the uh, let's come out and say it. If you ask me about some of the atrocities in American history, I find them com compared to other not even compared to other countries, compared to human behavior, I find them relatively few and far between. But if you ask me about slavery, I feel shame about slavery, but I don't feel guilt about slavery. I don't feel guilty about slavery because I never had slaves. And, and so the difference between these two things is where this, is where this leftist lever is. They seems to me that they've managed to be able to convert shame into guilt, and and this whole white guilt and 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 Western guilt is what's causing the destruction of of everything that we hold dear. Do you think there's a point that I just made, or is it just more outgassing as usual in, in order to? Uh... Ah, no, man, this is definitely going somewhere. And uh, actually, and, and uh, speaking of which, uh, when you. Uh, I guess gazpacho really would be like soup Nazis. That would be because isn't that sort of <laughs> gazpacho? That's exactly right. Uh, one a representative earlier this week said that Nancy, I think it was said Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, and her gazpacho police, and it was either a slip of the tongue or she didn't know what she was talking about. But I realized, hey, she's got it exactly right. It is the gazpacho police. Yes. It's yeah. A, it's a yeah. Yeah, slip of the tongue or whichever. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's it hurts. people. People who sip soup have power over us. Oh, the, the, it's not the Gestapo. They don't have guns. They're not taking people away at night. They're not. They're not shooting us. Yeah, they're using guilt. Yes, a soup full, a chunky soup of cold guilt, man. That's right. <laughs> but okay, so no, you you have no reason to uh, to feel guilty. Or uh, anything like that concerning slavery, uh, in uh, or anything that you didn't do, or exactly, you know, it's it's. Uh, but the thing, and, and if we're gonna hold, you know, I guess uh, America or or white people like guilty or of our slavery, or or no, see, the thing you're supposed to be guilty about is the legacy of slavery. You're benefiting from the legacy of slavery, um, so you should be ashamed of that, I guess. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, you know, Africa's the continent of Africa, slavery's still going on. And if they're really gonna, if, if the legacy of slavery is such a benefit, then I guess the African nations 
uh, and tribes there should be like the most proper prosperous people on the planet uh, from the legacy of slavery that they're supposed to uh, you know, be benefiting from. Uh, should those people be ashamed uh, as well as very wealthy uh, for the slavery that they've imposed on other people? You know, you might want to take that up with them. Uh, but all that to say, Bill, no, you're 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 not. It does. It doesn't make you a bad person. Uh, I don't know about you benefiting from a legacy of slavery. Uh, I, I mean, I reckon I myself should benefit from it, too, because, you know, my ancestors were, were slave were, uh, were enslaving people also. The yeah, I mean, that's really it. And when and when people say, do you feel guilty about slavery and say, no, not in the slightest, they think you're a monster. It's like. You didn't ask me if I'm not ashamed of – of course I'm ashamed of slavery. I'm an American. It was part of American history and it was evil. But my shame is also tempered by the fact that not only did we did we have slavery in this country, but we also fought an enormous civil war and killed half a million Americans in order to banish slavery. And that goes a long way to 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 um, to to – at least balancing the shame, you might say that, you know, if there's a stain on your honor, you've removed the stain on the honor, at least mitigated it somehow. Mm. So so shame is this. And, and, and I think when we all across the board, when we look at, at the whole thing with um, with critical race theory or we look at why there are thousands of people streaming across our southern border unimpeded or why. Uh, if you walk down the streets of London, most of the people you see are wearing either burqas or, 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 or hijabs or whatever the case may be. They're doing it because the Europeans especially feel guilty. And what, what I think they feel guilty about is, is what the Nazis did. Uh, I first heard Andrew Clavin talk about this, but I, I'm sure it goes back further than that. But, but, but the atrocity – see, we don't know anything about what the communists did because there were no pictures. Mm. But the, but the mechanical atrocity of Nazism and the fact that they did it in the name of racial superiority, I think, put such a level of shame on Western society and white people in general that that, that shame continues to turn into guilt. And this is the mechanism I'm actually interested in. And that, and that historical shame has been leveraged into present-day guilt – and since this guilt is so strong, people will do anything, including commit social suicide, in order to mitigate it. And, and that's really what it comes down to. It's like the, what, what the Nazis did was so horrific that it's, it's well, it's a species shame, really, but it's, it's a racial shame. And, and a lot of people, especially Europeans, feel that. And when people ask me, are you, are you ashamed of the Nazis? My response would be, well, I suppose I'm ashamed of them as a human being, but my dad signed up to go kill those bastards, you know? And, and we did. We did. So, no, I'm not guilty about what the, what the Nazis did because I wasn't a Nazi and, I, and, and, and my entire essence opposes everything that they stand for. Probably because my father was willing to give his life. He didn't, but he was willing to give his life to go fight those people. But this ability to turn historical shame into present-day guilt is the mechanism that they're using to, to force good people to, to simply buckle under and do good things. The first thing I ever said in a public speaking event that I ever did, ever, that, I'm, that I can remember was saying that, that charges of racism only work against people who aren't racist. If you're a racist, you're proud of it. Mm -hmm. and, and calling somebody a racist gets them to shut up because they're not racist and they don't want to be seen that way. So it's that mechanism of turning historical shame into present-day guilt 
that is the, the lever that the left uses to cause all this damage, as if they don't have a history, as you point out every time, of the Democrats and the communists being the real source, you know, the source within the source, right? Mm. The Democrats and the, were the slave owners, and and the and the communists were 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 worse than the Nazis. Indeed, man. And, well, you know, we have to we have to make a correction here because uh, according to Whoopi Goldberg, it wasn't about race uh, mm -hmm. with the Nazis. So uh, we, nope. we're going to have to. Nope. wasn't about race. They're just a, <laughs> just a pair of white people, just common white people. That's why the Germans measured everybody's skulls with calipers and would look at the size or the curve of your nose or your color of your eyes. That's why the Nazis were obsessed with whether your earlobes were attached in a Middle Eastern Semitic fashion or in a, in a Northern European fashion where the earlobes are, you know, that, that, that was one of the, well, we just did a show on stupidity versus malice <laughs> and, and I got to, I'm actually going to go with malice on that one. Indeed, Whoopi. man. I mean, especially, with, I guess for her, it wasn't race, race, you know, kind of like how it wasn't rape, rape with uh, Roman Polanski in it. So I think her- What it was, what it was, was an attempt to make sure that nothing surpasses black and white guilt, right? Yes. She's trying, she's trying to reduce this mass murder into something smaller than- Jesse Smollett, right? That's what she's trying to do. <laughs> now, and that that's malicious in itself. It's like you're going to try, right. you know, to compare atrocities towards people and you're just going to I hate the word, you know, Afrocentrism. I think it's a misnomer, but that's another thing. But because of her Af Afrocentrism, she's just going to dismiss what happened to these people and and try to make a different motive of what the Nazis were doing. That's just that's some yeah, that's malicious, some malicious that's denial. Some malicious, yes, you, know, you bet. And just like you said, man, even with um, you know, Democrats, they're the ones who imposed, who who demanded to keep this evil going in America, and and they're not done. They're not done. No. You know, it's at, you know, slavery, socialism, communism. It's all about benefiting and taking the fruits of somebody else's labor. It's, it's, it's collectivism, you, and that's what and that's what the Democratic Party represents. It's what the left is. That's the left are. is about collectivism. It's collectivism versus individualism. That's the whole fight, and it always has been. It doesn't matter what the label is. That's what the distinction is between human beings. Yes. And they have been collectivists their whole time, and collectivists believe that the that the benefits to the many are greater than the harm to the few. Mm. And so if, if a few million people are enslaved so that we can have our, our tobacco plantations and call each other Colonel this and Colonel that while we're sitting out <laughs> on our verandas, you know, chewing peanuts, then 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 that's just too bad. Yes. The individuals cannot function that way because they look at the suffering of another individual and they're able to connect to them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Yes. And, and it's all covetousness. It's uh, it's a poisoned idea of entitlement. So and when you feel entitled to something, yeah, you will. Here we come back to that word justification again. But they're going to say we deserve this and you deserve what we do in order to achieve this. We're going to promote fairness by being unfair to people. But, you know, that's just how they roll. They right. want this to be a democracy. They can't stand that it's a republic, not in the way that we have a republic. Right. And let me just, just to, just to button this point down, mm. a democracy is where the collective rules, mm -hmm. people with the most vote get what they want. Yes. A republic 
is something that protects the individual. It doesn't matter how many votes you have to repeal the First Amendment. You can't repeal the First Amendment because it's not created by the government, mm -hmm. right? The Constitution doesn't give you the right to free speech. It says that the government doesn't have the right to interfere with your God-given right of free speech. Republics protect individuals. Democracies are mob rule. Indeed, the, the the two wolves and a sheep deciding who's going to be dinner or voting. That's who's exactly be right. That's what we have. I mean, when we talk about dem uh, you know dem democracy, demos, you know, we talk about basically the population, what's popular, right? So one of the one thing that's very very popular is selfishness and self righteousness. This is something that people just can be able to relate to. This is what we feel is right, and this is what's what's for the good of mankind or whichever, which usually turns out to be what's good for them. Well, that's right. That's what Democrats want. And they want people, and, and like I said, Bill, they hate what kind of republic this is because this republic is founded on acknowledging God-given rights. That's a unique thing in the world, right? That's right. You can't, you can't mess with that. Well, Democrats hate that. We want to be able to vote away what God institutes. That's how narcissistic and full of, these, full of themselves these people are, right? <clears throat> now, you can't help but be malicious and no matter how you try to justify it to yourself um no matter how you try to justify it to yourself you can't get around it there's no excuse for it but that's where they are bill they think that they are above the ordinance of god himself and they can have that voted away by their popular vote and that just results right. in evil that's why they make such an this is why the transgender thing is the is the hill that they're going to stand and die on because the entire argument of trans of, of the modern transgender uh, movement in terms of the, the progressive left is if I feel like I am a woman, I am a woman. If I want to be a woman, I am a woman because nothing that I want can ever be taken from me. If I want something, I have the right to have it. And not only that, I have the right for everybody else to accept it. The reason that the transgender thing is, is such a, is such a, has gotten so absurd with the pregnant man emojis, right? Is that if if you stand and fight on this hill, that 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 you can you can surgically do what you want to yourself psychologically, and I don't care. It doesn't matter to me what people do. It does matter to me when other people tell me what we should all be doing, and and when and when you've got something that fundamental, that yeah, men can be pregnant. Or they're just not birthing people. When you get to the, you ask yourself, what is driving this insanity? And, and you realize that if they give up on this point, if they surrender this point, if they admit that a man wanting or claiming to be a woman becomes a woman, just like in, in, in Catholic Mass, right? Transmorgified from, from a wafer into the actual blood and, and flesh of Christ. This is Catholic doctrine. This is what they believe. If if it turns out that they that they are not willing to go to the, to the death on the fact that x y and xx is is a binary thing then that means that you cannot wish your way out of the sex that you're born into and if you can't wish your way out of the sex that you're born into then you can't wish your way out of anything else you want either and and you can't wish your way out of the economics you can't wish your way out of the social control this is why they have to fight and die on that hill and they use Whatever shame straight people may have felt towards the way gays have been treated, transsexuals are, are, are so recent and rare that there's not a whole lot of history of that, but they use 
they use shame and compassion, crank it into guilt, and then the guilt causes the people who are opposing this kind of thing to back down. And when I say opposing this kind of thing, I don't mean political commentators. I mean the parents of, 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 uh, of girls who are competing in, in women's sports in colleges and universities having to applaud, you know, when, when some guy smashes the records because he, he identified as a woman. They, they are cowed into believing this because they have been led to believe through guilt and also through herd instincts that this is the fair. That's the word I'm looking for. It's not that it's the right thing to do. It's the fair thing to do. Indeed, man. And now one would wonder, you know, what does that you know, have to do with like a legacy of slavery or feeling shame or feeling guilt? It, everything. Really, because one, these people are, they're given over to a fantasy and they want to make us slaves to it. They want us shackled to their fantasy. They want us to be, uh, to forfeit our freedom to live in reality and actually know how biology works, even though they claim in their fantasy to be the champions of science. Uh, they're totally ignoring science. So we're, and, and we can be punished and, and things can be taken away from us if we do not, if we're not complicit with their fantasy. So it's all still a form of slavery. And these things, man, Bill, this, this ain't a new thing. And Paul was warning about this stuff. Paul's like, look, I mean, cause in terms of transgenderism, transsexualism. I mean, we can't call it transvestitism anymore. I guess that's not politically mm -hmm. correct, but that's been around for a long time. Paul was worrying about this stuff. Paul's like, look, man, you want, it's basically men can wear their hair long. Problem is that you're wearing your hair long for unnatural reasons. You're posing as a female prostitute. Okay. And effeminate males and, and, and males practicing prostitution under this guise will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. This goes back a long way. And when I'm talking about this stuff being that people become enslaved to this. This is oppression. This is full on oppression. This goes even as far, well, it goes back as far as Noah, but even Sodom and Gomorrah is a prime example. <clears throat> in Sodom and Gomorrah, they were doing all this stuff too. In, in the, the Chaldeans, the, <clears throat> the people who did practice the glamour, the spells, the witchcraft, they could make people just like they're doing today. You have to believe. If a man says that I'm a woman, you have to believe it. And then they start with the incantations, Bill. Zim, Zer, and all the pronouns and stuff like that. Man, that's spellbinding. That's what that stuff is. This stuff goes all the way back, as far back as Sodom and Gomorrah. In Sodom and Gomorrah, they became so oppressive with these, um, these, um, mindsets that they have concerning these sexual perversions, even the nations surrounding Sodom and Gomorrah, who were heathens themselves, were calling out to God, saying, these people, God, you got to do something about this. That's how bad, when people like wonder how bad can this get, it can get pretty bad. These people can really start to lord over us in a very boot to the next sort of way. Don't underestimate them just because they, you, you may think that they're all la la. I spent my formative years growing up in the 70s, and in the 70s, we had, I, I can remember the first actual transsexual. Prior to that, it was transvestitism. It was mostly the cases of men who like to put on makeup and wigs and wear dresses, and, you know, it's not harming anybody as far as I'm concerned. Perhaps themselves, but it's certainly not harming me unless I decide to let it. Uh, 
But in the 70s, the first case I can think of was the case of uh, Rene Richards, who became the first person to have, uh, I think, I think that was the first person to have surgery and hormonal treatments. But Rene Richards was the name. And I remember the controversy about it. And I remember all of this. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated about the mechanism of turning shame into guilt and making you do what I tell you to. I'm going to find something you're ashamed of. I'm going to make you feel guilty about that, which is much more powerful, I think, because it's much more personal and immediate. And then I'm going to use your guilt to make you do what I want you to do. So when you hear the case of a, of a, a transsexual person, and I'm not only, and I'm willing to concede that this is true. In fact, I'm sure it's true. There are a number of people who are born with a sense that they're in the wrong body, that they that they are that they are not that they don't feel like the sex that they're that they're born into. And you can imagine how that would be a pretty terrible way to go through life, and that generates sympathy. That's certainly what it generates in me. It doesn't generate rage or hatred. It generates sympathy. If, if, if somebody felt trapped like that, I would, I would and continue to feel sympathy for those people. And personally, because I'm an individualist, I don't care. I don't care what they do. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me at all. I believe in being able to live my own life, and that means they should be able to live their own lives too. But that's not where we are. We're now at the point where the sympathy that I feel to somebody who's, who, who's, who's telling me that they, that they spent their entire uh, life in, in, in a prison generates compassion in me. And they're trying, and successfully for, the, for most cases, using that compassion to force you to believe in something that you know isn't true. And this is the essence of collectivism. Is, 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 it's double think. It's, it's mm. believing passionately in something you know is not true. And most individuals, I'm not saying we couldn't do it. We won't. We, we, can, we, we refuse to believe opposing things as being true at the same time. And it's a logical truism as well as a moral foundation that two true things cannot contradict each other. So that's the mechanism. Find somebody's compassion or their shame, turn it into guilt, and then leverage that guilt and, and, and weaponize it. That's a better word to force people to comply with what your agenda is. And so, for me, as, as I've stated many times, I have no resentment or hostility towards gens, transgendered people it, it, as individuals. I have enormous uh, 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 animosity and enormous uh, anger towards the movement that says that just because you want to have a sex change operation and take hormones, again, none of my business, I don't care. My Uncle Bob wants to come into a Thanksgiving dinner as Aunt Barbara, I don't care. But when you are demanding that I acknowledge that this is now an actual woman and that the, that the, the biological differences between the two don't exist, that's where, I, that's where I just draw the line. I say, no, if I go there with you, then nothing is true anymore. And I have to have things that are true in order to maintain not only my philosophy, but my sanity. Thank you. That's really what it comes down to. Man. It's not about, you know, it, like you said, animosity or um, wanting bad things to happen. It's, <clears throat> it's nothing like that. Um, it's, it's, it's an intrusion on what we know is real <clears throat> and forcing us to have to abide by what they want. They're, they're not entitled to that. Uh, and the, one of the leverages that they use against us is the idea of judgment. You're being judgmental. Right. Um, you know, and that's to be judgmental, I guess, is um, is as bad as being Ultimate a racist. Evil. 
right? It's yeah, just or evil, a murderer. Right? Uh, even though that's exactly what these people are. I mean, if you're a trans- well, racism, racism is essentially judgmentalism, right? Sure. Absolutely. It's, it's that too. That, that go, it's, they're, they're, all, they're ugly sisters, sure. Uh, but, but the ability to tell if one wine is a better wine than another wine, that's also judgmental. So it's not all judgmental is bad. It's not all, it's not all um, discernment is bad. And it's not all discrimination. Is Discrimination is the ability to tell the difference between two things. So it all depends on, on how you're applying it. But I guess, you know, the, the, the wine isn't going to feel a sense of you know, judgment against it, like I guess a person would. Uh, but yeah, there is that discernment, that discrimination of certain things. And and behavior is in itself is not above judgment or discrimination or anything like that. Uh, you know, these people are under the assumption that these this is an immutable trait that they have. It's like, no, it's not. You, you actually still have the choice. They talk about resist and all that sort of stuff. Well, resist this insanity that you're living in. Resist your sin. Everybody else got to resist their sin. Who are you special where you can't resist yours? You're, you're living under a deception and you want other people to live under that deception too. But when we're talking about judgment, these people are assuming that they're being judged. And they'll even say, well, doesn't your Bible to say uh, you're not supposed to judge? That's how evil judgment is. Because even your Bible says that you're not supposed to judge. Well, the Bible also says to rebuke the sinner. And you got to take judgment in full context. It's not about not judging. It's about not judging hypocritically, right? It's about not pulling the speck out of somebody else's eye while ignoring the plank in your own. So yep. that's what the judgment comes down to. And But because it's been, uh, the, the concept of judgment has been perverted, and turned into something else to fit their narrative. These are the things that we're up against. And they themselves have turned themselves into the judge. Heck, they pass judgment on their own gender. I don't, I don't see myself as a man. I'm gonna kill my man self off and assume to be reborn as something else. They can't even coexist with themselves. <laughs> it's like they have no tolerance, no acceptance of themselves. And they'll go through, rather than actually just going through what it takes to remind them that they are a man, they're going to give up their blood and flesh and take a whole bunch of unnatural stuff to try to convince themselves that there's a, that's, that's an un, that's just not practical. That's a big waste of time. It's a selfish, uh, unredeeming pursuit. Like I said, if you're a man, yeah, I can understand. Maybe you're going to need some counseling and stuff like that. You know, I really, you might want to take that up with the Lord, the one who created you. But if you want to do all the, the, the psychology thing, you go ahead. But I'll bet you that would most likely be easier than going through all this to turn yourself into something else. Uh, I guess we'll wrap up this episode by um, a, a quick little anecdote about how our standards of uh, shame and guilt have uh, evolved or devolved. Uh, and this story comes to us from somebody who I miss very much who actually had a tremendous morally clear uh, perspective on life, and that's Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald was talking about Bill Cosby going to jail. And he said that everywhere he turned, he heard people say the worst thing about it was the hypocrisy of it. You know, the hypocrisy. Here he is playing America's dad and so on. And, and behind the scenes, you know, he's, he's doing all this. It's, it's just the hypocrisy of it. It's just the horrible, horrible hypocrisy is the worst thing about this. And Norm MacDonald said, to me, the worst thing about it was the rape. <laughs> Ding. Mm -hmm. Right? Right? We're, we're, we're going to create this tempest about, about, the hypocrisy 
of of Bill Cosby, and we're gonna and we're gonna turn this into the crime that the guilt and the shame is the hypocrisy. But but Norm had the moral clarity to say, <laughs> I, I thought the worst part of it was the rape, mm-hmm. and. And this is kind of the froth that's on the, the kind of the foam that's on top of the cappuccino of modern American society. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get ourselves completely lathered up about something really quite minor, and in the process, and I don't think this is accidental. That means we're not gonna look at what the actual moral outrage is. Indeed, man, and that's that's where we're at right now. Even hypocrisy. There's so I mean, you see it all the time. With, uh, with these high profile Democrat representatives, whether they're in Washington or whether they're in Hollywood, the stuff that they get away with. Uh, and, and we, we have to, we're subjects to that. While they get, while they, while they give themselves a pass, that in itself is oppressive. And, um, yeah, man, those kind of things, we have to get a, a sense of, um, how to call these things out a sense of what hypocrisy actually is um, because according to these people, they're not hypocrites at all. It, or like we're doing with this show, the virtue signal, mm-hmm. we're doing it because, Hey, we need a clear perspective on what virtue actually is because you virtue signals. I don't think you guys know. I don't think you yeah. guys really understand the, the oppressive um, weight of your hypocrisy that we're being forced to live under. Yep. I think that, I think it's a fair statement today to say that in the society that we live in here in early 2022, if you ask many people, many college students, whether it's worse to be a racist or a murderer, a number of them would say it's worse to be a racist. In other words, many people think that saying something nasty about somebody else is worse than killing them. And the reason I say that is because the left is in this endless campaign to find examples of racism most of which don't exist and they have to be manufactured by the left. And if they actually thought that murderers were worse than rapists, we would be having a national attempt to eliminate crime from this country rather than racism. And it seems like we're doing the exact opposite on that score too. It's nice. You get to see if nothing's worse than anything else, you do whatever you want to. And that's what it all comes down to. For Alfonso, Rachel, I'm Bill Little. This show's called The Virtue Signal, and I don't think there's anything quite like it, anything out there. I can't, I'm not aware of a show that does what we do here, at least not anymore. They used to. They used to do shows like this with William F. Buckley and talk about issues and things like that. Uh, so if you're, uh, if you're partial to this kind of rare programming, uh, we sure could use your help in keeping it going. Uh, we're a membership-dependent company. People willingly make the decision to pay for things that they don't have to pay for. You don't have to pay for this show. Small person percentage of the people watching do pay for it. And um, and those are the people to keep this going. So uh, maybe that's something for you to think about. Uh, link below. For Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on The Virtue City.